God. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Turn or click uh, with me to Matthew chapter 1. Verses 21 through 23. Matthew 21. uh, Chapter 1 first. Now, this is a backdrop here is that the angel of the Lord is appearing to Joseph, the husband of Mary, who was the mother of Jesus before Jesus was born. And just began to dialogue with this young man. An amazing revolutionary uh, concept, but also, amen, uh, just an awesome conversation and encounter that he had. But the Bible <clears throat> records here that the Lord spoke to Joseph. The angel of the Lord spoke to Joseph. And he said this, talking about Mary. And she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled that was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Behold a virgin shall be with child and she shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. Aren't you glad today that grace has a name? Amen. The amazing grace has an amazing Name, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. One of the things that we realize is that we open up in this particular account right here, and everything begins for us at this time of the season, is that we realize is that the human race had a huge problem that was so big, so powerful, that only God could solve it. And for many years, 4,000 years, the Old Testament prophets pointed to a time when God would send the answer, when God would send a Savior or a Messiah who would be the answer to this problem. And it was called the time of grace or the appointed time. Many referred to it back then as the appointed time or that day that God would bring salvation to the world. And so as we see over 4,000 years people talked about this and referred to it as a time of grace. And so when God would really open up the heavens and that he would come down in human form and he'd visit mankind with his salvation. And he would save us from the biggest, most powerful issue that we in ourselves could not solve, and that is the problem of sin. Amen. And so we see this. You know, this is something that God intended from the very beginning to have an eternal relationship with us. But there was a problem. There was something that happened here. And so we know that leading up to the birth of Jesus, if you read the Old Testament and study it, you'll see that all the ceremonies and all the practices that God required back in that day could only temporarily ease or appease God. They could never forgive us. They could never fix the eternal problem. They could only do a temporary uh, patchwork, as it were, and the mercy of God would be extended to what they did in obedience to God. How many know what I'm talking about? The ceremonies and practices that they did. And so, and, and it just, God could never completely forgive us up until this time. This is an amazing thing. And so it was only a type of the Savior. It was only a type of the Messiah who was nameless. Who was nameless. Did you know that? Who was nameless. Think about that. So they knew of God. And they knew the attributes of God. And the characteristic of God. God revealed himself many ways. But the Savior or the Messiah was nameless. All they had was old prophecies that they interpreted. They did not have the clear definition they could point to a person. And so they could only say that the Messiah will come. But we really don't know his name yet. Amen. And so God always had a name. How many know God always had a name? Come on. 
But he only chose to reveal it when he revealed salvation. Because only salvation can come through his name. And so up to this point, God had a name, but he chose to reveal it only at this time. When, when the Savior of the world would come, when the Messiah would come, when the, everything lined up and this time of grace appeared to everybody. And so when Jesus was born, I like to think of it this way, grace appeared and God revealed his name and God revealed his plan to save us. How many agree with that? Do you agree with that? Amen. And so one of the things I realize about, especially at this time, is that he revealed his name to us. God revealed his name to us. God revealed himself in the Old Testament in a cloud or a veil. He revealed himself in shadows or objects. He revealed himself to the Jewish people. They only knew him as the attributes that God had, the attributes of God. And so they called him the God who. The God who created the world. The God who parted the sea. The God who spoke out of the burning bush. The God who delivered Daniel out of the lion's mouth. The God who brought fire down for Elijah. The God who helped David to defeat Goliath. He was the God who, but they did not know his name. Think about it. And so this is what they called him and described God as. Elo, Elohim or El Shaddai, the, the uh, God of all sufficient. Uh, Adonai, Master. They called him Jehovah, uh, the God of the covenant, the self-existing one. And they came up with words after God would reveal himself and show himself strong and something would happen in their history. And so they said he's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's Jehovah the God who. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the God who did this. He's the God who did that. And they called him names like the God who the Lord will provide. The Lord who heals us. The Lord our banner. The Lord who sanctifies. The Lord our peace. The Lord our righteousness, the Lord our shepherd. And there was over a hundred names of God in the Old Testament. And all of those names pointed to the greatest name of all, Jesus Christ. Amen? His name was revealed when Jesus was born. They didn't know. They said, we know it's a Savior, we know He's Messiah, but what is His name? Is His name... Wonderful is his name, Counselor is his name, Emmanuel. No, those are the interpretations of the true name. The real name was Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. One of the things you realize that when God revealed his name is you realize that Jesus revealed something else, that Jesus is the name of God. Does anybody believe that today? Jesus is God's name. He's God in the flesh. The Bible says in John 1 that the Word was made flesh and lived among us. The Bible says we touched Him. John wrote, we handled Him. We, we talked to Him. We walked with the Word. The Word came down from heaven and was made flesh. Amen. And dwelt among us. In John 17, Jesus said this in a prayer. He was praying to the Lord. He said, I manifested your name to the disciples you gave me. I revealed to them the name of the Messiah. I revealed to them the name of Jehovah Jireh. I revealed to them the name of the one who, the Lord our righteousness. How many know he's got a name? How many know he's the Lord our protector, the Lord our shelter, the Lord our shepherd has got a name? Amen. And Jesus is God's name. He's not just El Shaddai, Elohim. He is, amen, Jesus. Jesus said in John 5, he said, I am come in my Father's name. 
Can't make it more plain than that, can you? You know, Jesus inherited his father's name. How many know that's what happens in a family? You inherit your family's name. Amen. It's not your first name, it's your last name. That's your family name. You ever filled out a document and it said, put your family name. How many know that messed you up? You're like, I don't know what family name is. You know, we call them crazy, but that's not our family name. But your family name. And when Jesus, you know, he, he didn't have a biological father. He had a heavenly father. And how many know he inherited his heavenly father's name? Amen. Just like you inherited your father's name, whether you like it or not. Hello. Come on, some of you didn't like that, but you inherited the family name, didn't you? Jesus inherited his father's name. Amen. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, this speaking of Jesus, who being in the brightness of God's glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Verse 4, being made so much better than the angels, and he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than them. How many know Jesus inherited his father's name? You want to know what the name of the Father is? Amen. Jesus has it. Amen. He inherited his Father's name. The name of Jesus is the name of the Father. Anybody? Amen. Yes, he is. And so the Bible also says in John 12, the Bible says that people, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, or rode into Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, they took tree branches and they waved them and they said, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus came in his Father's name. Amen. And so when you call on the name of Jesus, you're saying all that God is can be spoken in one name. Anybody? All that God is. Amen. And I like this. It says Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. How many know God was with the disciples? God was with Peter. God was with the Apostle Paul. Amen. God was with us. And how many know God's still with us? Hello, God's still with us, amen, because Jesus is alive, Jesus is risen, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, amen, making intercession for us, amen, he's real, he's, right, he's real, he's coming back, he lives, amen, he's God with us, hallelujah, and so in the Old Testament, God was with them in a cloud. God was with them in a burning bush, in a pillar of fire, in a flood. God was there. Amen. And God displayed his mercy there. But when he came in flesh, when he manifested himself in the flesh, he displayed his grace to humankind, something they had not known before. They knew God's mercy. They had not known his grace. And how many believe that grace has a name? Grace has a name. His name is Jesus. Amen. The Bible says in Titus that grace has appeared to all men. When Jesus was born, grace showed up. I said grace was born in a manger. Grace was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Grace, amen, was held and nurtured by Mary. Amen. Grace grew up in the carpenter shop. Grace built furniture for people. And grace preached righteousness. Amen. Grace has a name. The Bible says that his name is almighty. I love that word. We don't say that anymore. Nobody goes around saying almighty God. But nevertheless, how many believe it's almighty? It's all powerful. It's all strong. It's all, amen, the highest name. That's what that means. 
It means the highest and the greatest and the strongest, the most authority in every realm in a single name. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus has that kind of authority. His name is Almighty. Isaiah prophesied about this several hundred years before Jesus was born. He said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Revelation says when John saw him, Jesus spoke, he said, I am Alpha and Omega, I am the beginning and the am. I am him that he that was liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 66, he said this, he said, The heavens are your couch, and the earth is your ottoman. Amen. Amen. I love that. Amen. So he was almighty, he's altogether, amen, great and powerful. And he is not just, just great, he is the greatest. Amen. Come on. Some of you might still think that. Uh, Muhammad Ali is still the greatest, as he declared, I am the greatest, amen. But how many know Jesus is the greatest, amen. God is the greatest, amen. And see, when you call on the name of Jesus, you speak the life that's in the name of Creator God. When you speak the name of Jesus and you call on the name of Jesus, you're calling on the one who saves us, who delivers us. Who protects us? How many know nobody else protects you like God protects you? Amen. Because this isn't a protection just against accidents. Thank God for that. But this is an eternal protection. Amen. This is something that God keeps forever. He keeps His covenant forever. He protects, amen, the covenant that we're keeping with Him forever. He guards our hearts. He guards our eyes. He guards us. He protects us. He is altogether lovely. Amen. He's almighty. That's who he is. See, salvation is in the name of Jesus because salvation is the name of Jesus. Jesus, the Bible says, name him Jesus because he's going to save my people. So when Joseph wanted something done around the house, he would say, salvation, come here. Because that's his name. When you call on the name of Jesus, you're saying, God, save me. God, deliver me. God, rescue me. God, heal me. God, help me. Amen. The Bible says that. Amen. In Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name. Amen. Right? Given among men, whereby we must be saved. No other name. No other name. There is a, 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 a false kind of concept and teaching that's going around that somehow... If you go back far enough to the Old Testament, you'll see that God's name and Allah's name are the same. But how many know that's not the case? There's only one name because there's only one God. Amen? And there's only one name that you can be saved. There's only one name that you can go to heaven by, and that's the name of Jesus. Amen? Only one name. And there's only one name that God himself authorized and recognized as the awesome authority, the only authority in heaven, in earth, and under the earth, in all three realms, and that's the name of Jesus. Amen. See, being redeemed from sin can only happen through salvation. Can't be redeemed any other way. You can't pay money to the church to be redeemed. How many know that? You can't be baptized in the name of a saint and be redeemed. You only can be redeemed through Jesus and what He did at Calvary for us. Amen. 
The Bible talks about that we are saved through His name or that we are born again by His name or because of His name. In Acts chapter 4, when Peter and John had saw that uh, uh, physical uh, disabled man healed at the gate beautiful, people questioned that. And they said, Peter said this, let me just tell you something. First of all, it's not by our own holiness that this man stands before you well. I'll tell you why this man is healed. Because it's in that name and faith in that name that that man is whole. Amen. How many know it's only by the name of Jesus and it's only by the faith in the name of Jesus that you can be saved? Amen. And so I love that and I believe that. And I also believe this, that the name of Jesus isn't a boundary line for denominations. Hello. Why? Because it's the definition of salvation and therefore should unify all believers. Not divide us. It should unify us because it means salvation. I'm getting excited on that one. Amen. That's what it is. And so not only is He Almighty, but the Bible declares that He is Lord. He is Lord. If you don't know the Scripture, turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, 9 through 11. If you have a device, it'll be quicker to click there because I'm going to read it real fast. The Bible says, speaking of Jesus, both times Paul was writing this, He says this about Jesus, specifically talking about Jesus. Wherefore, God has also highly exalted Him and given Jesus a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, on the earth, and anything under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can anybody shout amen? Amen. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that God highly exalted Jesus? Do you believe that He's given Him a name that's exalted? Above every other name. Do you believe that one day, amen, not just in this life but the life to come, that every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord? I believe that. I believe it. Amen. And some of you watch TV and you shake your head at some of the world leaders that we have and how ridiculous they are and how evil they can be. But I've got news for you. Every knee and every tongue is going to confess, amen, that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Every person that claimed to be the Messiah is going to bow. Every person that claimed that they have the answer is going to bow. Everyone that's worshipped on this earth, every spirit that's worshipped is going to bow its knee. Amen. Because He's Lord. All dimensions declare that Jesus is Lord. So I'm telling you right now, there's power when you call on His name. When you pray over your child and you say, Lord, I need you to heal them. I don't just pray in in Jehovah's name. I don't just pray in the Lord our righteous name. I pray in the name that's given among men, the greatest name. Amen. A name that saves us, delivers us, and heals us. It's the name of Jesus. Amen. Because Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over sickness. He's Lord over disease. He's got authority over every realm, every spirit, and every world. The world to come, He's Lord. Amen. And I got news for you. He'll always be Lord. And He always was Lord. Before the earth was formed, He was Lord. Amen. While we're living now, He's Lord. And long after we're gone, He's going to be Lord. Amen. Amen. I hope, I hope you, every once in a while you just, you just stop what you're doing and say Jesus is Lord. Sometimes you can't even get the words out. You just got to say his name. 
You just got to say, Jesus. Lord, you know what I'm thinking. You know my need. You know the crisis right now. Amen. All I can say right now is, Jesus. That's all I can say is your name. Someone say, well, Brother Matt, you're, you must be Jesus only. No, I'm God only because God only has one name, and that's the name of Jesus. Amen. Just threw that in there. Extra there. Amen. See, Yahweh in the Old Testament is translated into Lord. Lord appears over 7,000 times in the Bible. Amen. Because God's name is Lord. In the Old Testament said that you are the Lord of hosts. You are the Lord of all. You are the Lord of us all. Come on. And how many know God's not going to share his glory with another? God would not lift up a man. God would not exalt a man, amen, equal to himself or above himself. So we got to say that if Jesus is exalted, if Jesus, amen, is crowned and seated at the right hand, he's got to be Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. This isn't a, I'm not on my soapbox this morning. I'm just re- declaring, amen, what's fact, amen, this morning. Colossians 2.9 says that in Jesus, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Can I tell you something right now? Jesus is not in the Godhead. The Godhead is in Jesus. That just, that just blows me away. I don't know about some of you may be like, whoa, amen. Come on, somebody, amen. That's what the Bible says, doesn't it? Amen. He was God before the cross, and then after the cross, he was not only God, still remained God, he was God and Savior. He was Lord and Savior. Amen. Because he had not revealed himself as Lord up to this point before Jesus was born, but when Jesus was born, when grace appeared, he revealed his name. Amen. Just a few minutes longer. Amen. So, you know, I, I just really believe this, that that Peter, we look at Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, one of the greatest messages in the New Testament when they preached. Peter preached this in Acts 2.36. He said that, that God made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Both Lord and Christ. Christ represents the thing that God has done to redeem us. Lord represents what we ought to do because he redeemed us. God has made this same Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ. Lord declares ownership. How many believe that he absolutely possesses our lives if we're born again? Amen. And when, when Thomas, we call him Doubted Thomas, when Thomas encountered Jesus, he said, My Lord and my God, my Savior and my Redeemer. Amen. How many know he's Lord and Christ? Amen. He's both Lord and Christ. Amen. That's how awesome he is. Hallelujah. Amen. He's not just, amen, our Redeemer, but he is our God. Amen. And so the Bible says, amen, that Thomas cried this out by revelation when he touched Jesus' hands. He said, my Lord and my God. And because Jesus is Lord, and because he's Lord of our lives, he wants to be Lord over you. Did you know that, that that's God's plan? God's plan from the very beginning, Jesus came to be Lord over a people. Did you know that? And did you know that he was already Lord of creation and he was Lord of life and he was Lord in every dimension except he's not Lord in your life. When you're born again and you receive Jesus Christ and you accept the fact, amen, that God was manifested in the flesh, grew up and for 33 and a half years walked this earth and died for your sins on a cross and was buried and rose again and is alive forevermore. If you believe that, come on, 
Amen. Then you've got to say, amen, that, amen, that you are Lord of creation, but now you're Lord of my life. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 12, the Bible says this, He, whoever has the Son, hath life. And he that hath not the Son does not have life. These things I've written unto you, to the believers, that you believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you believe in the Son of God. Amen. So why is it important that we turn to Jesus? Why is it important that when we talk about being born again and people turn to Jesus, I believe because He's God incarnate, He's Lord of creation, and He's Lord of life. Amen? Right. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so I have a few other things. We're going to skip over that. But the second thing we see, not only is His name revealed, but His plan is revealed. See, God sent Jesus to finish what He started. And so his plan that he had from the beginning was interrupted by sin. We could put it this way. Grace finished what truth started. Anybody? How many know? Because the Bible says, amen, that Jesus came by grace and by truth. And so Jesus came to finish what God started back in the garden. Amen. And so as we see this, that uh, Jesus was ruler over life. But notice something before the cross. Uh, after the cross, he was ruler over death. Did you know that? Amen. Jesus came to win over the last enemy. The Bible says there was one more enemy before Jesus came that stood between us and God. That was death. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So when Jesus came, he won and defeated the last enemy that stood between us and God, and that was death. I believe it. Do you believe that? Amen? And so we receive God's salvation from sin and birth into relationship with Him when we receive Jesus and what He did at the cross. That's how simple it is. I like this scripture in 1 John 4, 15. I was going to use this as my text originally because I like it so much. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 15, he says, And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He is in God. That's God's plan. God revealed His plan. God didn't say, I want sacrifices and I want ceremonies. He said, that's all finished now. Now I've got a plan. I've got a plan of salvation. And here's how it goes. If you believe in the Son, you shall be saved. Aren't you glad how simple that is? It breaks it down, doesn't it? You don't have to go out and get uh, buy a, a lamb and then raise goats and do this and cows and worry about butchering them, sacrificing. Come on. All that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so we see that God had a plan. His plan was revealed. They weren't really sure at that point what God's plan was. They knew that God wanted to save us. They didn't know how. They knew that God wanted to send a Savior. They didn't know His name. They knew that there was something happening, but they didn't know the time, did they? Only a few did, the Bible says. But how many know God revealed not only His name, God revealed His plan. And how many believe that that plan is still on today? Oh, come on. How many believe that plan is still in for today? That plan is right now. God still has that plan for us right now. And the plan is, as Acts chapter 10 says, that, that this is the reason that when Jesus came, He gave all the prophets witness that through the name of Jesus, whoever believes in Him shall receive forgiveness of sins. God's plan is amazing. God's plan is awesome. Hallelujah. And, and there's no way that people will know this plan, as Romans 10 tells us, unless we're telling them what the plan is. 
we have to reveal the plan of God to this earth. How many believe that? Come on, stay with me. And so Romans 10, 13 says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what it says. See, with other gods and other religions and all these other things besides Jesus, they have the ability to help you be a better person, but they do not have the creative power to change your heart and ultimately your eternal destination. Only through Jesus Christ can that happen. Amen. And that's what's important. That's the plan of God. And I like to think of it this way this time of the year, that Jesus came two things. Jesus came as a promise and he came as a provision. He came as a promise to Abraham that he made hundreds of years before that to the Jewish people. How many believe that? That Jesus came as a promise. Amen. That's why Matthew's gospel only goes back 42 generations all the way back to Abraham because he reveals that Jesus came as a promise fulfilled that he made. But how many know Luke's gospel goes all the way back 75 generations, all the way back to Adam, because Jesus was not just a promise kept, amen, fulfilled, but it was a provision for all mankind. Everybody from Adam all the way up until now, whoever believes in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Amen. And so that's why Jesus came, and I love that. And, and also in John's gospel, the Bible says that this is what happens. As many as received Jesus, to them, them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. That's pretty good, isn't it? Amen. And so His plan is that everyone will believe in Jesus and be saved. That's God's plan. God's plan, He revealed His plan, is that His great name would be published in the whole earth. And, and then He revealed that part of His plan is, is that we would live under the influence of His name. Amen. While we live. That's part of his plan. And then finally, I think this was so beautiful. Not only did he reveal his name, not only did he reveal his plan, when Jesus was born, he revealed his grace. Jesus demonstrated a side of the Lord that had been seen in types and shadows, but never experienced on a one-in-one -one level. When Jesus came, uh, basically what it was, is I, the way I like to think of it, is Jesus was the expression of the grace from God to us. It was God saying, I'm opening a door of grace. I'm making a way for everyone, not just those of the Jewish nation, not just those that have, have sprinkled blood on the sacrifice, not just those that have met the requirements of the Jewish ceremony and laws, but whosoever, anybody from now until the end of the world, until the end of the age, whoever, how many know that's a lot of people? I said that's a lot of people, a lot of different races. In fact, that's every race. Every person that will be born, every race, every kindred, tongue, and tribe, as the Bible says in Revelation, amen, has this hope right here because grace was revealed. Grace said, amen, that this is what God's love looks like. It, it, this is what it feels like. This is what you can experience God's love firsthand, not just through uh, types and shadows, but now you can have it firsthand for yourself. Amen. And so grace revealed is, and I believe that grace revealed is for those who need it and who want it. Grace revealed is, uh, God's grace is available to everyone for one purpose, and that is to save them. And God's grace was revealed for this reason right here, is it extended to mankind, amen, the, that, that, that relationship, but only for a brief time. This is something we have to understand about grace revealed. When they talk about the dispensation or the time of grace. And Titus, I go back to that, when he says that grace has appeared to every man. 
But what is he talking about? He's talking about when Jesus was born. But how many believe that, as the Bible teaches, is that there will be a day when there will be no more grace? Hello, am I talking to Christians today? Come on. It's an appointed time. There's a door. The Bible says that Jesus is the door. And just like the ark, amen, and Noah's ark back in the day, that door was open. Whosoever will come. Amen. There's a flood on the way. Something's going to happen. Mankind's going to end. Time as we know it is going to stop. That door was open. Amen. But how many know as that door was shut and there was a seal, the Bible says there's no more room for repentance. See, this is what we have to come to. We, we can shout about the grace, but we've got to see and live in the reality of grace. That the Bible says that, amen, that God won't always strive with man. There's a time that, amen, that you can't, you won't be able to cry out to the name of Jesus and be saved. Am I sounding like an old preacher or what? But this is the truth right here. This is why we have to have an urgency, not just for grace for ourselves, but grace for others. This is why we've got to get involved in the work of grace. This is why we've got to reveal, amen, the grace of God to our neighbors and to our family. It's so important that we understand, amen, that there is an appointed time of grace. How many have ever heard that and said that even to your own kids? There's a grace period. You're in a grace period. Well, guess what, everybody? We're in a grace period. The time that Jesus came, grace showed up. Grace appeared on the scene. Grace made available. Amen. But there will be a day, amen, that grace will no longer be available. Does anybody believe that or am I old-fashioned? That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible says in 1 Peter, I like this in chapter 1, Blessed be the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. By His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There is, there is this work of Calvary that we've got to keep alive in our heart. That we've got to talk about and sing about and that we've got to live out, amen, this work of grace. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be one of those Christians that just live that abbreviated life of grace. Where it's good for me, but that's it. I think that I need to be like Jesus loved me. I need to love others. I need to extend grace to everybody. Come on, somebody. Amen. Why? Because grace was given to you freely. The Bible says freely receive, freely give. Let people know that there's a time of grace. Let people know that the door is open and Jesus is the name of that door. Amen. Let people know that there is a way. There is a truth. There is life. Amen. You don't have to end your life because there is a life, amen, that you can experience. Jesus is his name. Can anybody say amen? Do you believe that today? Do you believe that? Can we stand on our feet? Amen. And so we see that when Jesus was born, I like to think of it this way. Love came down, grace appeared, and salvation remains. Amen. And so I, I like to leave with just this encouragement this morning that there's hope in the name of Jesus. There's safety in the name of Jesus. There's stability in the name of Jesus. There's peace in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. There's joy in the name of Jesus. There's purity in the name of Jesus. There's protection and provision in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
So, Lord, if you're praying over your finances, amen, you thank God that when you call, say, Lord, I'm coming in your name because you're Jehovah Jireh. You're the God who provides. And I come to the God who provides in the only name that's been given to men, amen, the only most powerful name. When I speak the name, I release, amen, all the power and creative ability that's in the name of Jehovah Jireh. Amen. Hallelujah. And so there's mercy in the name of Jesus. Amen. There's mercy in the name of Jesus. There's righteousness in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. Most importantly, there's salvation in the name of Jesus. You can't get saved by coming to church. You can't get saved by being baptized in the name of a church or a dead saint. You can't get saved by just doing a lot of good works, enough that you feel that you're better than everybody else around you. You can't do, give enough money to earn salvation. It's only through Jesus. Amen. By grace are you saved through faith. Aren't you glad for that? Can we just slip our hands today and just worship the Lord because grace has a name? Amen. Grace has a name this morning. Jesus is his name. Hallelujah. As the angel told Mary, amen, that you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Today, I don't know what you need saved from. I don't know what you need rescued from. I don't know what you need in your life. But there's only one name that we approach the Father. It's in his name, the name of Jesus. The Bible says we have access, amen, to the throne of God. Everything that God is, amen, hallelujah, is released in the name of Jesus Christ. It, it's just there, everything. He is the God who protects, the God who saves, the God who provides, the God who rescues, the God who parts the Red Seas, the God who saves from lions, the God who helps, the God who loves. The name of Jesus is grace, hallelujah, that has a name. Lord, we just thank you today. That, Lord, the name of Jesus is so precious and powerful, you've been giving it to us. You gave it to us. Not only did you manifest the name of Jesus, uh, the name of the Father to the disciples, but you said that you gave it to them. You gave it to them. And, Lord, we thank you that we have this name, precious name of Jesus, who is the cornerstone, who is the capstone, who is Alpha and Omega, who was the one that died and rose again is alive forevermore, who has the keys of hell and death in his hand. It's Jesus. And we thank you for that today. Lord, I pray for anybody here that does not know you in a personal way, has never turned from their sin, and never received Jesus Christ's forgiveness on the cross. Lord, we pray today that they would be saved. Come to the knowledge of Jesus and be saved from their sin and become a disciple of Jesus and tell others of the wonderful grace that has a name. In Jesus' name, amen.